ahead and move on to the main topic at hand here. Uh, let's talk about this. This, obviously, not a very serious topic, okay? I mean, hope, I mean, like, well, actually, I do hope this is as much drama as the last week because that'll get me more YouTube views. Holy crap. You know, I had thought to myself, I don't want to weigh in on all the drama in the fighting game community. I don't want to talk about the hitbox thing. <sighs> Might as well put my take on it. And then, and then I put up the video and <laughs> holy shit, holy shit, engagement, <laughs> engagement. Uh, last week was about the hitbox stuff. Yeah, is it cheating? And oh my god, so let me just start off this section right now saying all you motherfuckers are not OG out there. There's only a few of us OG out there. Get over it. All of you are babies and scrubs and noobs and useless. <sighs> Alright, that's my drama. Uh, that's my drama for... Uh, <laughs> for today. Although, it's so funny, I started the stream, and right away, Mike Lee comes in here and starts spouting all this stuff here. It is something I did kind of agree with. I don't think you can make new OGs. <laughs> I don't think people become OG after time. I think OGs are just OGs. And that's it. OGs, I mean, OG is the original gangsta. Like, that's what it stands for, if I'm not mistaken. I am not hip to the modern language and lots of, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at these things. When I actually say the phrase like, yo, man, that's lit. Like, it clearly sounds like a 46-year-old saying, that's lit, okay? So, you know, when I sit here and say original gangsta, you know, this is, uh, this is <laughs> not, I am not uh, sitting here saying original gangsta. Like, it's, I believe that's what OG stands for, right? OG stands for original gangsta. And so, I honestly feel like you can't become an OG, no amount of time is going to turn you into an OG. But the interesting thing about my point of view, though, is that I am... Let's just put it this way. Like, Vi is an OG to me. Is that weird? Is that weird that I say that Alex is... I don't think Alex Vi is true OG. Like, yeah, he is OG, but at the same time... He wasn't there at the beginning. He wasn't. Like, for me, the OGs are Jason Nelson, Jason Cole, Tom and Tony Cannon. Yes, John Choi counts. Uh, Tomo Ohira, Tony Tsui, Roger Chung. Uh, I think the last one was Vahe, I think was. A, there was four of them that were like, uh, I can't remember the last four. Uh... Um, uh, Mike, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Gerald Abraham, you know, these are the true OGs to me. And Vi does feel like second generation to me at this point. Now, here's the craziest thing. Arturo is not an OG. Dr. B 
is not an OG. Arturo is not OG. He's around Vi generation as well. Now, here's the thing, right? Okay, two qu two things to answer. One, necromancy by the question. Why does this matter beyond people's feelings? Why does this matter? Here's your answer, Necromancy Black. It doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> Who cares? And uh, I say this as a person, like maybe it's easy for me to say because it's like, yes, I'm OG, so it doesn't matter what OG is because I'm it and you're not. But here is a thing. Here is the thing. I kind of, in a weird way, consider myself a fraudulent OG. I really do consider myself a fraudulent OG because, and this is kind of where I want to start talking about the history of things, I wasn't relevant for until like Super Turbo Alpha 1 era. Honestly, like nobody knew who the hell I was. I was just playing fighting games. Did I play tournaments? Yeah. I mean, I played locals, but that was the only thing that existed. Nobody traveled. Was I at the third ever Pico Rivera World's Finest tournament? I sure was. I didn't enter. Did I play at World's Finest? Sure I did. I entered one whole entire Street Fighter II tournament at the Pico Rivera tournaments. But I was kind of nobody, you know? Like, I really didn't make it. I wasn't around. I didn't play. To, like, I played people who played at Pico Rivera all the time. So maybe through tangential. But, like, honestly, I was nobody until, like, around the... Once AGSF2 started getting big. So around the Alpha 1... Alpha 2 era is only when I started really becoming known. I was trying, like, my first FAQ I ever wrote was a Sodom guide for Alpha 1. Uh, that's about the time Vi came in as well. So, like, in a weird way, I'm not even sure if I treat myself as an OG. Because, like, if, like, to me, the true OG are the people who are playing up to hyper fighting. Like, people have to understand. So, okay, see, here's a fun one. Robanyan asks, what about the Street one, Fighter 1 players? Aren't they the real OG? Let me tell you about Street Fighter 1, Robanyan. You could play against another human being. It was only Ryu and Ken. You could only play against the, another human player at the start of the game. But while there was no credits in the game, you put two quarters in, hit two players, you fought each other, whoever won went on to fight the computer, you could not challenge anymore. You could not challenge anybody anymore. That was it. You had to wait till either the guy beat the game or he died. And then, and then you could actually challenge again. But, um... The interesting thing is what a lot of people don't realize with how the Street Fighter community went. Oh, there was no Street Fighter 1 scene. No, there was nothing. Nothing. So what a lot of people don't realize is that during this time, so video games literally went 360. 
okay? Video games were created as a multiplayer thing. It was Pong and Space War. They were designed to be multiplayer games. Eventually, that stopped. And before Street Fighter 2, everything was like one player game. There weren't competitive video games in the arcade. Almost everything was one player, and if you did compete, it was play your character, die, second player comes and play, die. It was about the score. There were very few things because at the time, anything that made two people pit against each other wasn't deep enough, and everyone felt like it was a waste of quarters. Everybody was playing video games to make their quarter last as long as possible. Right, they were competitive, but not versus, not directly head-to-head. Like I said, it was all about the score. And yes, co-op was became more popular at that point in time. And it wasn't until games like Gauntlet that really started becoming like true quarter suckers. But before then, people did not challenge each other at video games because it was a waste of money. Street Fighter 2 was really the first game to bring video games back full circle, okay? That brought back video games into the competitive era. And even then, when I first played Street Fighter 2, the only thing that happened was me and my friends would all play against the computer, beat the game, play it, beat against, beat the computer, use a different character, try to land some combos, whatever like that. We didn't even play each other right away. We just played Street Fighter 2 as a one-player game. That was my original experience with Street Fighter 2. You know, eventually we started playing versus against each other, but it was odd because it was like such a quarter sucker. You lost quarters so, so, so fast, right? And so... Street Fighter 2 really brought that all back. There was no such thing as com- competitive scene. There was no such thing as a scene. There was no such thing as locals or whatever like that. It was just you and your arcade, and you played against each other. And so the first people who really started to play Street Fighter 2 against each other, they're the OGs. Now, where I was trying to go with this is that what a lot of people don't realize, especially with how revered Super Turbo is these days and how revered Third Strike is today, when Street Fighter hit hyperfighting, when hyperfighting changed to Super Street Fighter 2, the scene died. Okay? It died. That was the end of Street Fighter (laughs) in America. And I lived in SoCal. SoCal is a premier fighting game location. Street Fighter was dead when Super Street Fighter 2 came out. In fact, my local uh, Castle Park mini golf land place had a hyper... There was a two-floor arcade. And the top floor was all of the old games. Like you would find like Space Invaders and Pac-Man and all these others. The downstairs is where they were trying to play all the the cool, fancy 
fighting the video games and the top floor was all the old stuff just for people to play hyper fighting was on the bottom floor super street fighter 2 was on the top floor that's how much nobody gave a shit about super street fighter 2 the game was so goddamn slow and at that point in time street fighter 2 was such an, a massive, massive, massive pop culture phenomenon that by the time Super Street Fighter 2 came out, that was the jokes of Kim's, can Capcom count to three? <laughs> and you, this was the time where it felt like they were really pushing it, that they were really stretching the popularity of this game and that we all stopped caring. You know how a lot of people feel about the MCU right now? That's how a lot of people feel, felt about Street Fighter 2 when Super came out. Right now, there's a lot of people who are like, MCU is garbage now, blah, 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 blah. That's basically what happened when Super Street Fighter 2 came out. Nobody cared anymore. They went through the CPS 2, everyone had their own voices, let's add four new characters. The bosses have all these new sprites finally. They didn't only have four animation frames. Nobody cared. No, nobody cared. And Street Fighter died at that time. And Street Fighter really didn't get a revival, I would say, until Alpha 2 in large part because the internet started coming up. B3, B3 was the start of, I feel like, the next phase of Street Fighter popularity. Super Turbo, one of the most revered fighting games at this point in time, not played a lot in the US, in the arcades. Not at all, not at all. People didn't play Super Turbo in the arcade. They just didn't. Like, everyone's like, oh my god, but everyone loves this game. It's one of the greatest video games of all time. No, yes, it's one of the greatest video games of all time. A lot of the people playing the game are actually not original people playing the game. It's just a really fucking good game, so everybody really loves it, right? Yeah, MK2 and MK3 were definitely popping. They were definitely there, but Street Fighter was kind of done at that point. It wasn't till Alpha 1, finally a brand new game, but Alpha 1 is just was such a bad game because it was one of the most unbalanced, broken games that you could possibly imagine. And people mad about people dumbing down fighting games today? Oh, God. If Alpha 1 came out today... Oh my God. Oh my God, Twitterverse would be up in arms. Auto block, air blocking, alpha counters, chain combos, you name it. Everything in that game was designed to be the scrubbiest thing in the world. Then Alpha 2 came out and they fixed a lot about that stuff and they turned it into what a lot of people consider one of the strongest fighting games. This combined with the AGSF2 era, 
UCLA, the college that I was going to, was one of the first locations to get Alpha 2. And I remember meeting Bob Painter and James Romady and Milo Cooper. They came up here as well as, uh, as, well as No Ho Ho uh, came up as well. We all played Alpha 2 and we were reporting on AGSF2. This was the age of the internet now, and so Alpha 2 regained a lot of popularity. Hence, my first Southern Hills Golfland tournament ever was Street Fighter Alpha 2. That was probably the first time I really competed in the uh, thing. What were memes back in my days? There were no such thing as memes. No, you know what memes were? Commercials, really. People would, I mean, like, everybody who's my age would... As soon as I say this sentence, everybody who's my age will know exactly what I'm talking about and probably start laughing, right? If as soon as I say, you all right, I learned it by watching you. And that's all I have to say, because that's from a commercial and everybody who's my age will love that. Uh, but <laughs> my friend used to always say that. Uh, one of my friends who is as old as me, whenever he used a trick, on me in fighting games that he learned from me, I would be like, what the heck? And he'd be like, you all right. I learned it by watching you. And then we would all laugh, so. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, um, so the reason why I don't consider myself and Vi particularly as true OGs, and I know if Vi jumped in this chat, he'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I am definitely OG. Because he definitely played all the old games as well, just not in a public kind of like in that kind of forum. He played the old games, but he wasn't playing with Tomo at World's Finest and all that other stuff, right? Southern Hills Golfland was just really close to his home. He went there all the time. That became one of the premier spots to play because they also got betas a lot. And I still remember he won... The first tournament that he won at Southern Hills Golfland, I was not there for this, was against Mike Watson. And uh, he did empty jump from full screen into level three super when he landed. And Watson tried to sweep him. I wonder why, because Super Turbo had no trip guard. We're just used to this stuff. But uh, Vi did empty jump level three super and killed Watson. And Watson was pissed. He was like, who is this? Who is this? You know, he was like, who is this Mexican guy? You know, and, and Vi is not even Mexican, but he was pissed. <laughs> he was pissed. Yeah, he started at Beach and Warner. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, that period, like to me, OG is the hyper fighting and before group of players. And like I said, that didn't include me. Even though I've been to World's Finest, even though I knew Tomo, even though I've played against some of those guys before, I was irrelevant at that time. So uh, I have the benefit that I knew those people, that my friends like Roger Sahavo and Eric Tetley and Chan Tong and those guys went to World's Finest and they played a lot over there. And then Roger Sahavo owned a hyper fighting in his house. I would go play at Roger's house and the group of us would play. And so they would teach me and my brother all the good stuff. So we were kind of tangentially uh, related. Uh, Vi is Peruvian. What the hell? <laughs> Vi is Peruvian. <laughs> Land of the Lomo Saltado. Come on, dude. 
but um, yeah, like I'm kind of fraudulent OG. Like I at least was old enough to be tangentially related to that so I can talk about it a lot. But even then, I don't consider myself true OG, like true, true, true OG. What's cool is that, you know, like Tom and Tony are still here. Uh, you know, Jason Cole, I just, I even raided him last night. He was streaming some Street Fighter V. Uh, Jason Cole is still around and stuff. I know Jason Nelson doesn't really play much anymore. But a lot of our old school Southern California players like Tomo, like Tony, like Roger Chung, uh, like Gerald Abraham, who runs the Okamoto Kitchen Truck, uh, they don't play as much anymore. So really, honestly, there's not a lot of the true, true OGs that still play. The closest one that's probably still really strong, even though they don't play Street Fighter V at all, is John Choi, right? Because, I mean, he was winning. He won Alpha 3 at freaking Evo <laughs> against Verse, dude. <laughs> but again, I don't think you can become an OG. I think you are an OG and that's it. Nobody else can become an OG. Now, I do want to change this that I do use the word veteran a lot. And I do think a lot of people, everybody becomes a veteran as long as you stay in the game. That's where I think the converse, that's the term we should be using. We shouldn't be saying OG, we should say, are you a veteran of the scene? Right, so I, I mean, I think you know, Mike Lee and I are kind of on the same page here. You could be a veteran. You you can be a veteran. You could become a legend, but you can't become an OG. That's kind of how I feel about this personally myself. Now, the question came up because Sherry was on the No Frills podcast with Chris Matrix and Yipes. They were joking about it. it's not that serious of a discussion. I just think it's a, it was a fun excuse for me to talk about the history and try to get people's perception of what Street Fighter was like. Because people think about it. They ask me all the time, like, what was the FGC like back during Street Fighter 2 World Warrior? And my answer is always, what FGC? <laughs> What FGC? Like, there just wasn't an FGC. We had no internet. We didn't even know if an arcade had Street Fighter 2. <laughs> you know? It was just, like, this... It, it was just crazy how... Flow. Flow knows. Flow knows. But Flow is not true OG either. But I don't think Flow would actually say he's true OG either. So, I, I even said, Flow, if you just came into the chat... I'm not even sure I count myself as true OG because I didn't become relevant until Alpha 1, Alpha 2 era. I was around the Pico Rivera stuff, but who the fuck was James Chen back there? I didn't matter a lick of anything, so whatever. I, like, who cares about me? So I don't even know if I count myself as true, true OG at this point in time. So... Uh, yeah, exactly. Watson, Tomo, Schaefer. Schaefer, I forgot to mention Schaefer of all the dumb things. Jeff Schaefer, true OG. Like I said, Tony Tsui, uh, Roger Chung, Jason Nelson, Jason Cole, Tom and Tony Cannon, John Choi probably counts in there as well. So, uh, Jason Wilson, yeah, he was the Midwest. He's like the Midwest version of a lot of those players. Those are the true old school. Cooney, Cooney, Vahe, you know, these guys. 
these were all the true OGs of the time. <clears throat> However, can you be a veteran? Like, it's crazy. Like, Street Fighter 4 players right now? <laughs> they used to call Jason Wilson your dad. Dude, true story. First time I met Jason Wilson, he eventually moved to Southern California and went to school at UCLA. And we were playing Hyper Fight. He was just at the arcade. I didn't know who the hell he was. He was playing uh, Hyper Fighting with Guile, and I challenged him, uh, and I played Zangief. I, Zangief and Guile, like I said, bad matchup, but it's a matchup that I like to play. And uh, we went pretty even. I think I won more games than he did or something like that. And then he was like, hi, by the way, my name is Jason Wilson. You're James Chen, right? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, because back then we had no internet or whatever like that. He was like, yeah, I, 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 I've, I've heard of you before. You're the guy who went to Brazil and destroyed everybody in X-Men versus Street Fighter. I've never been to Brazil in my entire life. <laughs> I have never been to Brazil in my entire life. I was like, what the fuck? And so like, Jason Wilson was not the only person that's ever said that to me. Someone else said that to me as well. And I was just like, where did this come from, dude? This is how bad the internet was back then, that apparently at some point in time, I went to Brazil and kicked everyone's ass in X-Men versus Street Fighter. I have never been to Brazil, even to this day. I have never been to Brazil. <laughs> That's my meeting Jason Wilson story. <laughs> That's my meeting Jason Wilson story. Um, but here's the thing, right? Sherry was talking to Chris and uh, Chris Matrix and Yipes about being an OG. If we change the language from OG to veteran, let's just do it that way, right? Their definition of OG, probably not the same kind of definition of me, OG. Um, if they just use the word veteran, let's talk about that. Are Street Fighter 4 players veterans right now? <laughs> Fuck yes! Holy shit! Like, yeah, like some people are like, oh, man, you can't count as a vet. Like Chris G chimed in. He used the word OG as well, but again, I'll substitute the word with veteran. He was like, you can't really become veteran until you've reached two cycles of the game. So maybe once Street Fighter 6 comes out, then the Street Fighter 4 players are veterans. Now, no, no. By the time Street Fighter 5 came out, street people who started Street Fighter 4, 09ers were veterans. Okay, they were definitely veterans. In fact, Kino, one of the original Street Fighter Four gods here in SoCal, really good friends with uh, Mike Ross. It was like those two. It was like Mike Ross and Kino, Mike Ross and Kino, Mike Ross and Kino. Um, <laughs> Flo Sykes in the chat. What do you call Smash OG? Smash OGs. Teenagers, hey yo, nice. <laughs> so, uh, veterans, uh, Kino. I even said to him at the last year of Street Fighter Four, I was like, dude, you're a veteran now, dude. 
You're 100% a veteran already. I He used to call himself a vet like a few years before that. I'm like, shut up. You're not a veteran. You're just a kid. And then at, by towards the end, he was like, I'm a vet now, right? I'm a veteran now, right? And I was like, yeah, you a veteran. <laughs> you a veteran right now. And oh, too much damage? 100% I remember. Was that his name? I thought he was so much damage. So much damage. Sagat player in Street Fighter 4. So much damage, I think was his name. Too much damage is the Marvel player from Atlanta, I think. So, now here's the thing like, David, Ultra David, used to always tell me in the 09 days he would make fun of 09ers. And then basically, at the end of Street Fighter 4, he was in the FGC as long as 09ers had been when he was making fun of 09ers. <laughs> That's how long Street Fighter 4 lasted. So while he was in the FGC for like six years, he was making fun of 09ers. And six years later, 09ers were like at the end. So like how do you even make fun of, oh, not enough damage. That's what it was. Yeah, 09ers, people were definitely using it as a derogatory term. 100% people were using 09ers as a derogatory term because it was the first time it was the internet and a lot of people coming here and asking very beginner questions and stuff and we were all confused, like, what is wrong with these kids? They don't understand how to do a DP? Oh my God, they love all these comeback mechanics with ultras and stuff like that. I mean, it was just... It was the height of FGC snobbery was during the Street Fighter 4 era. Hi. That was the height of fighting game snobbery. Like, you think fighting games gatekeep right now? Hell no. Street Fighter 4 first year was such a gatekeepy year because it was that thing where, you know, a lot of people, and you'll see this even today with scenes where it's just like, like, you're new to the scene. You don't deserve our benefits. Like, we're the real people who are, you know, what, duh. You know, Street Fighter 4 era was a lot of that, honestly. There was a lot of that in that situation, so... There was snobbery in MVC two days versus player was definitely oh, versus player was definitely a dude anime player anime fighter anime player flow you remember that you remember how it was back in the Guilty Gear days man the stuff people used to say about anime players back then would get everybody canceled today let me just tell you dude like seriously that time that period was such a gatekeepy period. People used to make fun of versus players and anime players all the time. All the time. I mean, MVC2 had a lot of snobbery in itself, but Flo was even saying, like, uh, uh, people were, um, they were uh, snobby towards, other people were snobby towards MVC2 players. At least I think that's what Flo means. Because he said versus player was a derogatory term. So yeah, if you were a hardcore Street Fighter player, you would make fun of MVC2 players as a versus player, basically. So would I enter a modern X-Men versus Street Fighter tournament? No. I can't play that game worth crap for how well people play that game these days. Uh, yeah, versus games are no skill games. Absolutely, Isn't that ironic? Because like today, like... Marvel 2 is like the epitome of skill. Like you talk about Marvel 2 and everyone's like, yeah, that, that, that game will, that game will, you know, 
that game will make you, uh, turn you into a man, you know, to use outdated uh, misogynistic terms. But, uh, like, honestly, MVC2 back in the day was considered kind of a scrub game, dude. Like, oh, you can't play real fighting games. You gotta play this shit game where people are just throwing stuff all over the place and it's just like, look at these stupid combos and da 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 Yeah, versus game we're seen as execution but not neutral. It's funny how time has changed so much because the way we talk about Super Turbo, the way we talk about uh, Third Strike, the way we talk about um, MVC2, it feels like these were like golden era, like peak FGC times, dude. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, Flo says everyone hates everything they don't play. Welcome to the FGC. It's it's kind of still like that sometimes, right? I mean, you just have to look at the chat of any tournament before uh, a new game starts. When is this over? Ticket sucks, man. When's MK? Oh, shut up, dude. MK is scrubby and, and all this stuff. And why do you think I work so hard trying to get people to get over this tribalism uh, honestly but yeah like for example third strike you know talking about third strike how everybody's like oh my god third strike is such the greatest fighting game at the time nobody the fuck played third strike in america nobody the fuck played third strike in america nobody played third strike in america Street Fighter 3 came out and everyone's like, oh my god, they count to three. And so they all tried to play it and everyone was like, this game is kind of bad. And then Second Impact came out and like people who were already playing Street Fighter were like, eh. And then Street Fighter Third Strike came out and I'll tell you this right now, what a lot of people, you know, Evo didn't even run 3S one year, right? The year of that 5v5, Third Strike wasn't a main game at EVO. They just ran that 5v5 exhibition. And Mike Watson was in that tournament playing Yun with Sorai Rengeki. We didn't even know how Ganajin was good. We didn't play Ganajin. We played Sorai Rengeki. Watson was using <laughs> Sorai Rengeki. Yeah, the 5v5 is actually credited one of the main credits for bringing Third Strike to life in the US. But again, like, nobody played Third Strike at all. Like, it was, it, dude, like, it, Street Fighter was at a low point during that time. It was a super, super low point at that time. Um, <laughs> I did say I used to use Tekken Pool. I didn't use, say, Tekken Pools to rest. I used Tekken Top 8 to rest, okay? <laughs> it wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the main thing. So the three things that helped were the 5v5 helped. There was a Japanese 5v5 third strike tournament, which invented the, hey, 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 because uh, Nuki started that shit. And it was, uh, everybody was chanting that all the time. And uh, that's where all that chanting came from, was from that video. And then the Daigo Parry. The Daigo Parry brought everyone back into Third Strike. That's basically how it worked. Um, but if anything, the Daigo Parry is the main thing that resurrected uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike in the US, so.
Did Issei really was the one who taught everybody here? Uh, is Daigo OG? Uh, was he playing during the Street Fighter 2 days? I think he was. I think he was. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, it's not that I think people think that Third Strike was popular since day one. I just think people don't think about it and just kind of naturally assume that unless they hear. Yeah, Daigo started in ST, right? Yeah. CVS2 was not as... <sighs> CVS2 and Third Strike were kind of out at the same time. They were probably equally as popular, although I think CVS2 might have had a little bit more play at the time. What really happened was after the Daigo parry and during that time period, it really came down to Soul Cal was Third Strike at Family Fun Arcade, New York was MVC2, and NorCal was CVS2. Those were the main hotbeds of uh, those three games. And those three scenes alone, I felt like, kept those games alive. Like, nobody was better than SoCal and Third Strike. Nobody was better than NorCal and CVS2. No one was better than Marvel 2 than New York, honestly. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. ironically, Roll Cancel fixed the game. Because, yes, uh, it was Blanca and Sagat, and you just hit Crouch Fierce, and everybody died. And, like, most people couldn't actually beat them. Uh, Sagat's Crouch Fierce couldn't be whiff punished. Like, it just couldn't be whiff punished. It had no hurt box as it, as it was retracting. It was, like, super hard. Super hard. Yeah. CVS1 was just a horribly unbalanced game. Because, like I said, uh, the very, one of the first major tournament wins I ever had, there was a mode in CVS1 where you could actually play 2v2. It killed all ratios. Every character can be picked they would automatically be ratio two, and you would be two characters versus two characters. So we did the, uh, oh no, the Daigo Parry blew up almost instantaneously, Kevin Mati. Like, as soon as that happened, like, that went crazy. And then, tragic, Ben Curitan edited the video that we all know and love of Evo Moment 37, even just made up the number 37 out of nowhere, put it online, and that video is probably the most viewed uh, esports video of all time because the YouTube numbers don't tell you how many times that video was downloaded. So much to the point that when I told one of my coworkers one time that I was into fighting games, they were like, have you seen this one video? And I was like, ha, bro, bro. He was trying to describe me the video. I'm like, I have the mini DV tape of that video in my fucking house, dude. <laughs> In my fucking house. What if I told you the results of the first tourney you ever won in CVS 1? Wait, you know the, fir the, the first tournament I ever won in CVS 1, Flo? I don't even know if I remember. Because I, I only got to, to, to second place at Southern Hills Golfland. The first two weeks, I got second to Vi both times. The first week, I knocked him into losers, and then he beat me in grand finals with the reset. And then the second week, he just beat me in grand finals two straight. Uh, 
Did I win one? For, did I win one? Finally, it was me, KP, and Vi. Did I actually win one back then? Shoot. I'll have to think about that. Uh, but, um, oh, what was I saying about CVS1? Uh, that game was super busted. Shoot. Oh, that's right. The very first tournament I remember winning was the team tournament that uh, I went to Sunnyvale Golfland. And the tournament, Vi and Choi teamed up. Vi with Ryu and Choi with Guile. And it was like, well, that's unfair. These guys are going to win. And I wanted to play, but I had no teammate. And John Choi was like, hey, uh, my friend here doesn't have a teammate. Do you want to play with him? Uh, he's pretty good. Obviously, I'm speaking in 1990-whatever language here. But he was like, this is my friend, Ricky Ortiz. And I was like, hi, Ricky. Nice to meet you. Sure, I'll play with you. <laughs> and um, me and Ricky played. She used Nakaruru, and I used Akuma. Because <laughs> Ratio 4 Akuma was legal, and I knew he was cheap. So I was like, I'll play Ratio 4 Akuma. Let me tell you that I didn't play until the match before grand finals. Ricky went first with the Nakaruru. I might as well have been a Street Fighter background character. That's who I was that entire tournament. <laughs> That's how busted Nakaruru was. Ricky was killing everybody with like perfects. I did nothing, and finally, the game before Grand Finals, she finally got beat by the second person with a pixel left. And I jumped on the machine, and I did like, jump something, whatever, chip damage, death, and then I walked off. That was literally what I did before Grand Finals. However, Ricky did lose to uh, Vi and Choi a couple of times in Grand Finals, and I was able to bring it back and do my part, and I beat Vi and Choi legitimately a couple of times, and we won the tournament. <laughs> we won the tournament. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was awesome, dude. Were you in match there? Was it, did you, were you the ones who teamed up together? I didn't even realize. I didn't even remember that. Jesus. But yeah, so uh, that was one of the first tournaments I won, and I basically didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> but yeah, uh, oh, Yamazaki and Guile, that makes sense. That makes sense. Dude, that's how I beat Vi one time. I threw a fireball, he rolled, and I raging demon. <laughs> And everybody watching was like, oh, oh my god. I was just like, hey, I can throw rolls, so I'm just going to Raging Demon. <laughs> uh, Alpha 3 was really a surprise to a lot of people uh, because it was so different. It was so different that a lot of people couldn't get used to the game. And a lot of backlash happened with it. And that's why, to this day... 
it's like the Alpha 2, Alpha 3 crowd, right? If you love Alpha 3, you hate Alpha 2. If you love Alpha 2, you hate Alpha 3. Not necessarily for any reason other than Alpha 2 players would be like, I like Alpha 3, but I think Alpha 2 is better. And Alpha 3 players would be like, I like Alpha 3. I mean, I like Alpha 2, but I think Alpha 3 is better. And just because of tribalism, eventually it became, fuck Alpha 3, this game sucks. And no, you and your stupid trash custom combos, VICCs, blah, 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 blah. And so like Alpha 3 and Alpha 2 kind of turned into their own little uh, separate things at this point. Just FYI, I'm on Team Alpha 3 because I do hate Vi CCs and I also hate full screen. And you couldn't do anything because of chip damage and Alpha counters killed Ken Alpha counters. Oh God, the only problem is as an Alpha 3 fan, I know crouch canceling exists. And it's just like one of those things where like Alpha 2 players will be like, yeah, well, Alpha 3 crouch canceling. And I'll be like, and I just kind of walk away and kind of have to hold that. But yes, as Mike Lee said, Alpha 3 was new. It was the pioneer to anime games. It was the first game that had aerial recovery. Guilty Gear, the original Guilty Gear had no aerial recovery. I don't know if Daisuke saw Alpha 3 and that's what made him put Aerial Recovery into Guilty Gear X. But the original Guilty Gear never had Aerial Recovery. Alpha 3, as far as I know, Alpha 3 came out before Fighting Vipers, right? Uh, Alpha 3 was the first 2D games I know that had Aerial Recovery and yeah, button combination throws. And, you know, it was just such a completely different game. Yeah, such a completely different game. Uh, it, it added the ability for people to mash to reduce damage. There was this weird system of determining who wins a trade based off of open or closed stance of moves. Uh, it had first-time counter hits in a Street Fighter game that was the first game that had counter hits and in fact they even had major counters in that game if you got counter hit by a heavy button it was such a different thing like it, it was so brand new and it's one of the reasons why I love Alpha 3 because they really really went out of their way to try to do something as completely different as possible so if Alpha 3 is way after fighting Vipers fighting Vipers might actually count as the first game with aerial recovery. Because if I'm not mistaken, Fighting Vipers did have aerial recovery, right? It was like you get juggled at the wall a bunch and then you just aerial recovery and then you can land or something like that. So, uh, yeah, oh, fireball damage was based on distance. Yeah, so it was crazy, dude. It was, Alpha 3 was such a different game, but you know, the point being of the, all this tangent, tangent, which, like I said, was kind of the intention of why I want to talk about this OG thing, because I like talking about old stuff, and I like talking about these stories like this. Um, but honestly, at this point in time, you know, I don't think it takes long for you to become a veteran in the FTC, honestly. Because uh, if you 
put up with our community. Oh God, that's such a terrible way to put it. If you are in our community for a good four years or five years, that's pretty legit. That's pretty legit already. I wouldn't call you a veteran at four years, but I will say if you were at the start of one game and you have survived to the transition of the game to its next iteration, that is true veteran status. Because one of the things that will make or break a lot of players in fighting games, if you play your first fighting game, when it changes to the next game, do you survive? That is one of the biggest, biggest uh potential stopping points for a lot of players because when a game changes let me tell you when uh super turbo went to alpha everyone hated alpha there were huge alpha 2 versus super turbo debates like i said even alpha 2 to alpha 3 created this kind of craziness right the uh when third street fighter 3 came out big fights when street fighter four came out the amount of third strike players shitting on street fighter four was just ridiculous and none of those street fighter three players went to play street fighter four none of them a lot of the street fighter four players didn't advance forward i was talking to a top marvel three player i was talking to one of the strongest marvel three players marvel three was their first game and they were talking about getting sponsored and MVCI and all this stuff like this. And the one thing I told him was, the only way you're going to be able to survive this transition is if you understand that MVCI is not going to play anything like MVC3 and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. Now obviously MVCI died, it was a whole different story, that's another story. But the whole point is, the first time you go through that transition, and if you make it past that transition, you are a veteran. Sherry, who this conversation came from on the No Frills podcast, made it from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5. Is she a veteran? 100% Sherry is a veteran in this scene. She's been around long enough to tell all sorts of crazy stories about old school uh, Street Fighter 4 days, and those stories are as relevant now uh as all the stories that i've been telling about all the old games and stuff like that so uh honestly at that point like you've been in the scene for five six years you survived a game transition hell yeah hell yeah you're good you're good you are definitely a veteran you are 100 percent a veteran everyone who's o-niner is a veteran at this point in time. All the O-Niners are veterans at this point in time. And you know what's actually kind of neat about that too, is I think the O-Niners are familiar with how they were treated when they joined the scene, because seriously, like there were a lot of people out there who were just really like gatekeepy, like Flo and I have been talking about. Like you just didn't respect the O-Niners because you were just like, you guys are scrubs. You guys are, you like your shortcuts and, you know, comeback mechanics and blah, 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 blah. We didn't respect them. And I think that's one of the reasons why the transition from four to five, a lot of those O-Niners, I, I actually feel like they've treated like new players to Street Fighter Five better 
than the than the than the than the veterans of 09 treated the 09ers honestly <laughs> i really feel like um it, it, it's actually a lot better now I, I do think it's a lot better now so i would even say the gatekeeping was probably worse back in the day than it is now um 15ers got it way better than the 09ers yeah there you go. <laughs> so I'm glad Flo agrees with me here. I got I got Flo to back me up over here. I guess the real question is like, you know, if I'm not true OG and there's veteran status and all this stuff like that, you feel like there's got to be more than a, an OG. Like there's got to be more than just veteran because a veteran is anyone from 09 and before now. Like we've got to have words for people who did show up around the SD time, right? Like uh, we do use OG a lot of times. So, like, you know, I always say technically I don't say Vi is an OG, but of course Vi is OG, right? Vi is OG. Maybe we just accept the fact that OG is a destroyed term, like, like fucking trip guard, and, um, you know, just call the, all of us OGs, and maybe the true OGs are the founders or something like that. So... <laughs> Anyone from AGSF2 is true OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That kind of works there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just terminology at this point in time. Yeah, we can call the ancients the ancestors. Maybe we can call ourselves the eternals, you know, or something like that. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, if we treat the term OG as veterans... Like, if the way that Yipes, Chris, and Sherry were using the term OG as veteran status, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone who's started at 09 are, are OGs at this point in time. But see, it doesn't sound right, right? Like, when I say OG, OG to me sounds like it's gotta be at least that Vi era and before. At least the Vi era and before. I'll count all of that as OG at this point in time. Uh, so yes, I would put myself as a, as a true OG if you count that uh, at this point. So, yeah, Flo is kind of right about that. Think about it. If Cannons birthed the FGC with B3, where did B3 come from? AGSF2. That is 100% facts. That is 100% facts right there. AGSF2 was the reason why B3 even happened, right? So, uh, and again, you know, it's, it's the, that is the period of time that the internet started. That was really the first true internet because, you know, B3 had people from Kuwait fly out. People had People from Kuwait flew out to Battle by the Bay. <laughs> Shoutouts to Marwan and his gang. But they obviously, ha they had machines in their house. They were very rich. They were on the AGSF2 boards, and they were like, we'll go to B3. <laughs> and they flew all the way out there, dude. Oh, man. Gutex? Oh, hell no! Gutex is so far from OG. <laughs> He's even late for third strike, dude. He's a late third strike player. I think the first Evo Gutex went to was uh, Evo 2004, maybe. 
He is definitely not OG. Max isn't OG. Max is not OG at all. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I don't even think Max would be like, yo, what are you talking about? I'm truly OG in that. No, he knows. He knows, dude. He knows. No, you're not OG unless, like, you were playing during Street Fighter 2 days. You, I feel like you have to have been at least been serious about Street Fighter. If you were alive during the period of time that Street Fighter 2 was a craze and just the biggest thing in the country, uh, in the world, and were playing it seriously at arcades, you might be OG. You might be OG. Uh, Sanford, I don't even know if I would count Sanford as OG. I don't know if I would even count Eris as OG. I don't think either of them are OG, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, Sanford really showed up during MVC2. That's where his prominence came from. Eris was around for a long time. Eris was probably slightly before Gutek's time. Actually, before... No, he'd been around for a long time, actually. Eris had been playing Tekken for a really long time. I don't remember what his first Tekken is. Eris, I would have to find out more about his story. I was... I would have to... 2002-ish, says Flo. Okay. Uh, Justin is not truly OG. Nope. No, Justin is clear. So what a lot of people don't understand, too, is that Justin is a whole generation after Vi. Because, honestly, for me, it was really about Tomo. Then it was kind of about Mike Watson, right? Then Mike Watson became, like, the king. After Mike Watson was Vi. Vi became the king of fighting games because... He was our best Tekken player. He won Tekken Nationals. He was our best MVC2 player. He won all the Street Fighter games and everything. It was about Vi at that time. He won B3, et cetera, et cetera. And then he, yeah, he got good at ST later. He got good at ST later. He actually went back and got good at ST. And then Justin Wong was the next person in line. So Justin is a whole generation after Vi. Vi was the guy. Justin was the one who took over that role. And after Justin, it's been very vague since then because the FGC has gotten very, very big right now. Uh, the FGC is just super big. Ryan Hart is the one that beat Idom at Evo. Yes, Ryan Hart is... Uh, Justin took over Eddie, but Eddie was during the Vi period. And Vi was still considered bigger than Eddie, probably un maybe unfairly because we just never really had any real Vi versus Eddie, Eddie, you know, Vi versus it. We just didn't travel enough, right? But yeah, all those guys. But I feel like Vi was the main one at that time. Vi was the main one, but yeah, Choi Watson and Eddie Lee were all right there. If you want to name the Mount Rushmore of that period, that, those are the four names, 100%. Yeah, Vi went to ECC4, Eddie went to B, uh, B5, B5, yeah. They've played each other, but again, like, compared to what we do now, <laughs> compared to what we do now, like, we really don't know if Vi or Eddie was, like, better, better, better. <laughs> Oh, 
man. Wait, are you talking about William Hung? Are you talking about William Hung real space? Because William Hung was a ratio four Blanca player at uh, at uh, UC Berkeley, according to Ultra David. He used to see William Hung in the arcades all the time, and then he ended up on American Idol. So yeah, uh, yeah. So David used to say he used to see William Hung uh, play Ratio Four Blanca in CVS Two all the time. <laughs> true story. Seth Killian's true OG. I think Seth Killian is true OG. Seth Killian and Jason Wilson are probably the most true OGs in the Midwest area. Also, Wes Trulson and uh, who was Wes's friend? It was Wes and somebody else. Um, and one of them passed away too. I don't think it was Wes. I think it was the other one who passed away, who has passed away at this point in time. Vi is not first gen Romano cheese. Derek Daniels, Jesse Cardenas. Oh, it was Wes? Wes did pass away? Okay. Oh, shoot. Okay. And then NKI. Yeah, those are some of the true OGs out there. Derek, of course, is the one that, you know, I always talk about uh, who works on who worked on God of War and stuff like that. So. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. This is White Jesse. That is the other. So it was Wes and Jesse. That's who it was. That's those are the two that I was thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was when the Evo guide listed the, 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 the players to be aware of in, uh, Super Turbo, and it listed, like, Valle, John Choi, blah, 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 and then it listed, uh, Team White Guy from the Midwest, <laughs> which included Wes, Jesse, and Seth Killian. <laughs> oh, my God. I still have that guide downstairs. I should find it and bring it up and show you guys, dude. But, uh, dude, I, I just, I wouldn't know where to look right now. It would take me too long to find it at this point. But that definitely exists. And I definitely still have it somewhere. So, oh, man. When is the official start date of the FGC? Uh, I kind of agree with Flo. Probably the day that B3 happened. If you wanted to pick a real start date, B3 would probably the be, be the best one to choose. Everything before that was, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff happening before that, but B3 I felt like was the first time that something really special was happening in the FGC. We had like a 60 man bracket for Alpha 2 and it was the wildest thing <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I don't know if I want to read that out loud but Flo just typed in the chat over there oh my god oh dear lord but yeah uh, OG status veteran status veteran status definitely from the Alpha 1 Super Turbo days and onward. Because like I said, during Super Street Fighter 2 was just this giant black hole. Like that chunk right there is like, that was the MVC2 chunk days. Sorry, MK2 chunk days. MK2 ruled that time. 
So basically, Hyper Fighting came out, MK2 came out, and then Super Street Fighter 4 came out, and MK2, Samurai Showdown 2, all these other games were coming out at around that time, and they were so good. And Super came out and was just like, what is this piece of shit? <laughs> what is this piece of shit? And so uh, Street Fighter was dead. And it really didn't come back until Street Fighter Alpha 1 late into Alpha 2. Alpha 2 is really where it came back, largely because of the internet, because of AGSF2. So I do like uh, Flo talking about AGSF2 as a major category. But because Super was just this ginormous hole in the fighting game community, and the MK scene really was kind of a different crowd, I really only consider hyper fighting and before like true OG status. And then Super Turbo, you know, maybe up to around like the, the Street Fighter 3, Alpha 3's Third Strike era as like veterans. And then like, you know, O-Niners, like, yeah, I would call them veterans at this point. But, you know, maybe if we want to call, you have more names to create distinctions and stuff like that. But uh, I think that's just kind of how it was. So <laughs> Shoryuken was launched in 1999 or 2000 and half the posts were about my combo videos, dude. Derek Daniels has said to me um, that uh, it was me and Seth Killian were the only reason why Shoryuken.com succeeded because of my combo videos and his Domination 101 articles. If it wasn't for us, Shoryuken.com would have just basically been nothing. Like, it would have been useless. But we got enough traffic going. The forums actually became popping and... Uh, uh, that way too. Yeah, Mike Z made a lot of MVC2 combo videos, but I was posting up a bunch of Alpha 3 combo videos even before Mike was doing those. So, <laughs> Ruby Heart combo videos with Castlevania music. All of them had that super long intro that everybody hated because we were all downloading real media, real, real media files that were like a ginormous five megabytes and like making people download five megabytes on their 56K modem was such a pain in the ass, dude. Such a pain in the ass, dude. <laughs> the prep time Batman debate. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny, dude. Oh Jesus, the prep time Batman. And then what was it? Jaha's like tips for helping how to how to date women or something like that. I think were like the two most popular threads in all of that. <laughs> That's what it is, dude. Ducks pyramid schemes. Yep. 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 Uh, <laughs> dude, I opened Winamp recently because I still use Winamp. And Winamp gave me this prompt to download Winamp Final. Like, I've been using it this whole time. And I just got this prompt for Winamp Final. Like, did they actually just make a new Winamp just for the hell of it? 
Yeah, no, I mean, it was fun and crazy times, but it was very non-PC. And it's why a lot of old school players, you know, think that it sucks that the FGC is getting sanitized and stuff like that. Because it really was the Wild West back then. And we were able to get away with everything. But like I said, we were not very inclusive. We gatekept. We were shitty people back then. And so it was a different time. And like, okay, yeah, that was OG times. We had fun like that. As a person who lived in that time, do I want it to be that way? Hell no. I don't want it to be that way at all anymore, dude. It was terrible. That was terrible. Dude, I still remember uh, Shogundo. I tell the story all the time, too. Like, not even, not even recently, like years ago, when Magnetro was still making uh, MVC2 combo videos, uh, Magnetro was talking to me one time, and he was like, do you actually own physical CDs? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, like, how many? And I was like, lots? <laughs> He's like, like 10 or 12? I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> the fuck, dude? Come on, seriously, dude. I still buy physical CDs, okay? I still buy physical CDs. No, uh, what was it? The, uh, what is that combo video called? The best combo video of all time. Shoot. The one with Vis Visant's combo video, combo? Uh, Flo, you, you remember what it was called? The skills video? Oh no, no. God, what was it? The one that had like the Visant combo in there and uh, all the other combos in there? That was, I for, you know, whoever made that was a genius and it was just like the premiere of editing, dude. It was so amazing. <laughs> Dedication, was that the one? Was that the one? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the one. <laughs> oh God, is my is my external hard drive plugged in? I might even be able to find that video right now. Uh, no, that's not it. No, no, my external hard drive is not currently plugged in. I could probably find the dedication video right now if I really wanted to. <laughs> People have actually told me to upload my giant, giant plethora of combo videos. And I always wonder, like, would I get in trouble for uploading combo videos that I didn't create and stuff like that? It's just kind of a weird thought process. I'm not sure how to handle that, so... <laughs> Freaking Amir. I actually know, I've known Amir for years. I knew him when he was like six or seven years old because he lived right next to UCLA. And during Street Fighter 2 and Champion Edition days, I would visit my brother during Easter vacation, during my spring break. Sorry, was called Easter vacation. Now it's called spring break. I would go visit my brother, stay with him, and then go to the UCLA Arcade and play all the time. And Amir was there as this tiny little kid. He had always been good at fighting games. And then by the time I started going to UCLA, Amir was the thorn in my side, dude. Like, nobody could beat me in Alpha 3 except for fucking Amir. And he used to piss me off so much, dude, because he just destroyed Extra Lento and his guy. <laughs> Oh my God, he destroyed the crap out of me. I used to get so salty at him. 
So he still makes fun of me for that shit, dude. For the Rolento guy shit, dude. Oh my god, I got so mad. I was like, this character's cheap. And he's like, I don't know, I'm just playing. I was like, switch the matchup. And we switch the matchup and he'd destroy me anyway. And I'd be like, no, this is not right, dude. Oh god. Amir just had like this natural talent for fighting games, man. He was just very shy and he, it was hard for him to go to tournaments and stuff, which is why he never could perform to that level because he was always really... Uh, uh, I mean, he's still around. He's still around. I see him on Twitter every once in a while. He made fun of that guy Rolento thing like maybe a couple of months ago on Twitter. So, you know, I blocked him. I blocked him afterwards. But, you know, he's still on... The no, I'm just kidding. I didn't block him. <laughs> I love Amir still. <laughs> I, yeah, he probably was number one in third strike at this point because he was cheating and using Chun-Li. Freaking Chun-Li. No. <laughs> oh, he's playing on Fight K. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. He's dropping Chun? What, for Yun? Is he going to play Yun now or is he going to play Yang? Like, I could totally imagine him playing Yang, actually. Yang seems like a character that he would probably enjoy a lot. Um... Yeah, both of you, two of you saying that Amir was going to drop Chun. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't think he played Ryu. I don't think he played Ryu. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's the fighting game history is really interesting. And it's hard because we should write this down. A lot of people have definitely asked me if I wanted to like write a book or something like that. But yeah, no problem, Flo. Yeah, I'm probably going to end the stream pretty soon as well. So, but thanks for stopping by and, and confirming and adding to a lot of the stories here and stuff. My only problem is, I mean, you could definitely see it right now. My knowledge is still very SoCal-centric. Like, I could not write a book until I went to Seth Killian, Derek Daniels, Flo, Jason Wilson, Eddie Lee, and, you know, NorCal, Jason Cole, Jason Nelson, all these guys and really talk to them about their scenes and stuff. I think that's the only way that I could actually like write a book that I feel like would do it justice. So uh, does YouTube still have the Clockwork versus Dark Prince money match? Uh, I don't know, but still one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest things that happened in money match history happened in that match, dude. Because Clockwork was blowing up Dark Prince. And uh, Dark Prince was using Cable. And he could never get an Air Hyper Viper Beam off of him. And then uh, Clockwork was using Strider and doing all the Strider things. And at one point in time, he was doing stuff with Strider. And finally, Air Hyper Viper Beam from Dark Prince clearly going to hit uh, Clockwork. And it's during the, the, the freeze, during the screen freeze, all Clockwork did was let go of the controllers and do this. He just tilted his head, pointed at the screen, air hyper viper beam goes off, hits him, but he had called a strider bomb and the strider bomb hit table and interrupted the air hyper viper beam and the entire room just blew up. I was not there. I've seen the video, but it was like one of the greatest like moments of that tournament, dude. Oh my god, of that of that um of that uh exhibition, dude. It was so good.
<laughs> clockwork oh my god clockwork is the best dude i miss oh he he was at this evo i just missed him because i heard he's like full-on beard so probably hard to recognize him at this point in time but he was definitely at evo this year i just did not get a chance to see him so someone else i was talking to they were like dude i swear i ran into like four clockworks and none of them were clockwork <laughs> Oh, man. And then he was like, then I ran into the real clockwork and he didn't look like clockwork at all, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. They're all on that Project L, dude, which is awesome. So really happy to see how that game will turn out. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, a lot of cool stuff. A lot of fun times in the fighting game community, man. And yeah, I, I get what you mean, Mike, that uh, that I don't have to actually write about the entire scene. I just feel like it would, I mean, I would definitely have to put that as a caveat in the front. Like, look, this is SoCal only, and even I wasn't there for a lot of the important things that happened and stuff like that. So, oh man, but yeah, uh, if you got anybody else has any questions about like old school stuff or whatever like that, otherwise I'll probably call it a day. And uh, thank you guys for all ch chilling here and hanging out, listening to me talk about old stories and stuff like that. One of my favorite things to do is just to talk about all the old days and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's probably true, Mike. It's probably true. Uh, was SFEX ever popular? No. <laughs> Everyone played that for the expert training mode. Uh, did I have my own rival? Uh, Amir probably would have been one of my main rivals during the early days. Uh, one of my biggest rivals was a dude named Dean, who was the best guy at UCLA, but he never entered any tournaments. He's like a stuff of legends these days. People talk about, still talk about him. Like if he went to the World Warriors Golfland tournaments, he would have killed everybody because he he was so good at UCLA and he was one of those people that I would like he used to always laugh at me because I was the first person who learned how to do low forward into super and alpha and so with like Ken I would do low short low forward super and he'd always be laughing like like how do you even do that like why do you have this execution whatever blah 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 and then he uh, uh but he never knew any combos he never knew any combos he never did combos and he killed everybody <laughs> He killed everybody because he was just so good at the fighting games. And he was one of the guys. Uh, I mean, I did this to him. He got my revenge. It was Alpha 1. And he was on like a 20-game win streak with M. Bison. M. Bison and Alpha 1, so cheap. So cheap. It was when he first could throw a fireball and he could put two of them on the screen. So he could throw a light fireball into a heavy fireball. And they were just both be on the screen. What the fuck are you supposed to do to that? And he was killing everyone. Chun-Li, weirdly enough, worst character in the game in Alpha 1. He was on a 20-game win streak. I was a low-tier hero. I played Chun-Li. And I beat him. I beat him in Alpha 1 with the worst character in the game versus one of the best characters in the game. And after I beat him, I was like, I have to go to class. I'll see you later. I did that shit, dude. <laughs> I did that shit to Dean. I beat him and then I left. I didn't even give him the chance to rematch. <laughs> but then, next year, 
there was this really, really hot Vietnamese girl who used to play Street Fighter with a lot of us. And uh, we were sitting there playing Alpha 2, and I was fighting Dean, and she was watching. And he just basically kicked my ass for like 13 games in a row, 14 games in a row. It was Bison versus Birdie. I could not beat him. And then finally, after I ran out of money and I had to go home, uh, the girl was gone already. And he was like, sorry, man, I had to do it. The girl was watching. And I was like, no, that's fair. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. But the funny thing was uh, that day was one of my biggest fighting game epiphanies. Because all he would do was uh, Devil's Reverse in the corner over and over and over and over again. And I couldn't beat him with my birdie. Like, I just couldn't get in. He, like, turtled, and I could not beat that. And then I finally figured out if I built a meter, I could do the hopping grab to punish the Devil's Reverse on his landing. And so as soon as I figured that out, he never Devil's Reversed again. He stopped Devil's Reversing. And I got so mad that I never got to Devil's Reverse. I never got to super grab that Devil's Reverse that uh, I was just like furious. I was like, how did it happen that right when I figured out how to punish it, he stopped doing it? I was like, that's so bullshit. And I was walking home from school. It's about a 30 minute walk to, from the school to my apartment. And I still remember halfway through that walk, like I literally stopped in my tracks and was like, he knew exactly when I figured it out. The way I played changed. He was manipulating me. He could tell that I figured something out by the way that I was playing. My pattern changed. And I was like, fuck. And basically, like, that was one of the epiphanies that took me to the next level in fighting games. Realizing that you could learn these things, that you could make your opponent do what you want them to do and stuff like, oh, it was so great. It was like, I was mad, but it was great. And I would have never asked for her number because I was super shy and nerdy. And I was just, I there's no way I could have possibly approached her because I was not I was that guy okay I was a nerd okay I was a direct nerd I still remember too how I beat him in that alpha one as well because he would always throw the light fireball and if you jumped over the light fireball from a screen away he would just do heavy scissor kick which wasn't punishable and everybody who jumped over the fireball, he would heavy scissor kick and then rush down, throw a fireball, go away, throw fireballs from a screen away. And whenever you jumped over it, he would heavy scissor kick. So in the last round, I jumped over a fireball, I landed and I just did level three Kokosho. And he did the scissor kick and I killed him with the level three Kokosho. And that's when I walked away. <laughs> that's when I walked away. Oh man. Uh, no, no, Street Fighter EX, there's no copyright issues, I don't think. Uh, I, don't rem I don't know what you mean by that, uh, copyright issues, but it's just that the game was ugly and it didn't play like Street Fighter. People thought the game was really bad. So expert training mode was the only thing uh, that people care about at this point in time. So I don't even remember her name, Perfect Stranglers. I don't even remember her name anymore. So I couldn't even tell you anymore. Dude, you know, <laughs> I'm so mad because, you know, 
I don't know, Perfect Stranglers, if you've been watching the new She-Hulk show, but Larry Appleton is in that show, and it's so... And I was just like, dude, it's Larry Appleton! And uh, Olaf just doesn't remember Perfect Strangers, and I'm sad. Anyways, I don't even know if you've watched Perfect Strangers before. Um, but, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Larry Appleton is, uh, is, uh, Jen's dad. <laughs> Jen's dad. <laughs> Cousin Larry, now we so happy, we do the dance of joy. Die, 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 die. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Dude, there was that one Flash game for the Perfect Strangers, dude. That was the craziest thing. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. Yeah, anyways, I'm going to stop now uh, before I kill everybody from watching this stream. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've been streaming it. I've been streaming Street Fighter V every day. I'll see if I'm in the mood to stream Street Fighter V later today. We'll see how it feels. Uh, but, uh, just keep an eye on my Twitter. I'll let you guys know or follow twitch.tv slash jchenzor, the other channel, uh, to watch some Street Fighter V over there. Is my cat an OG? Nathan is definitely not OG. You are not OG. You are not OG. But to sum, up, sum it up, as my, you know, to pretend it wasn't just my excuse to tell old stories, uh, OG, if you count it as veteran status, everyone who's an 09er is a veteran at this point in time. If you want to count OG as true OGs, I would say only the hyper fighting and before crowd is in there. And then, you know, uh, honorable mention is the Alpha 1, Alpha, Super Turbo Alpha 1, Alpha 2, AGSF 2 era. It would be the honorable mention for OGs at that point. So, no matter what the odds are this time, nothing's gonna stand in my way. <laughs> the rain and thunder, the wind and hail. No, that's not that part there. Shoot, I don't remember the lyric. With a bait in my heart for a long lost friend. Thank you, Kev Mani. <laughs> With every nightly with light at the end Standing tall on the wings of my dreams Rise and fall on the wings of my dreams With the rain and thunder, the wind and hail I'm bound for better days It's my life, it's my dream And nothing's gonna stop me now Dun 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 d